Good morning. Welcome to Zion on this All Saints Sunday. And what a gift it is again to worship with all of you and to be in the house of the Lord in the presence of his son. Just a few things to share with you before we begin our worship. First, you'll notice in your bulletins there is an order form for poinsettias. Now, those are due on November 21st. November 21st sounds like it should be really far off, but I promise you it's not. That's just two Sundays away, and we'll be there, so keep that in mind. Also, on the 21st will be the end of our canned food drive, so if you haven't had the opportunity to bring anything yet in yet, please do so. And you can bring that Sunday morning or during the week, whatever works for you. So I have a prayer request for Amanda Markley, who's Rob and Rita's niece. Uh, she had battled cancer about a decade ago, and they found out recently that the cancer has returned. Uh, so please pray for her, her family, as she goes through treatment, and they see what's next. Are there other announcements or prayer requests for the congregation? Yeah, Marcia? Okay, so Don Smith, the pastor at the Baptist Church in Waynesfield, passed away. Uh, so keep, keep his family in your prayers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Pat Archer's family, uh, Patrick, tragically passed away in an accident at work. So keep, keep that family in your prayers this week. All right, if there's nothing else, I'll invite you to take a few moments to quiet your hearts and your minds as we listen to the prelude and prepare to worship. Congregation, I invite you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. 
Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you. And for his sake, God forgives you all your sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here the worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have knit your people together in one communion in the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Grant us grace to follow your blessed saints in lives of faith and commitment, and to know the inexpressible joys you have prepared for those who love you. Through Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Our first reading is from Isaiah. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a, rich, a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wines, of rich food filled with marrow, of well-aged wines strained clear. And he will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces, and the disgrace of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him so that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad 
and rejoice in his salvation. The word of the Lord. We will read Psalm 24 responsively. The earth is the Lord's and all that is in it, the world and those who dwell therein. Who may ascend to the mountain of the Lord, and who may stand in God's holy place? They shall receive blessing from the Lord, and righteousness from the God of their salvation. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O everlasting doors, that the King of glory may come in. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O everlasting doors, that the King of glory may come in. Our second reading is from Revelation. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. John. When Mary came, or Jesus was, and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved them? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench, because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God. So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth, Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise I invite you to be seated. And children, I invite you 
to come forward. All right, so this morning I want to play a game, and it's really simple. Uh, so we're going to choose someone today to be the saint for the day. All right, you get to be the saint on All Saints Day. All right, so in this basket there are slips of paper. Okay, so you're going to pick a piece of paper. Okay, don't show it to anybody. But if your piece of paper, as you unfold it, has a star on it, you get to be the saint for the day. All right? So don't say anything. Pick one. Don't show it to anybody. Don't say anything. All right. Have you all had a chance to look at your paper? If you have a star, raise your hand. What? <laughs> Who would have guessed it? So you all get to be saints today. And that's, that's funny, right? Because today is All Saints Sunday. And you are all saints. Huh. How do you get to be a saint? you have any idea? Yeah? By following God. By following God? Okay. Clementine? By worshiping God, okay. Any other ideas? Paying attention? <laughs> all right. Nicely as I can, I'm going to tell you, though, that you're all wrong, okay? You're all wrong, all right? What you guys described are things that saints do, right? Saints follow God. Saints worship God. Saints pay attention to the word of God. But that's not how they became saints. In fact, saints became saints, they didn't do anything at all, right? In fact, saints became saints because God saved them. Saints became saints because God gave them faith. God made them saints, right? The word saint is kind of a church word that means holy. Holy is kind of a church word that means set apart, right? God set you apart. It's all God. In our gospel reading this morning, Lazarus was a dead man in a tomb. And Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And he arose from the dead. Lazarus didn't do anything. Lazarus was dead. But God called him and he had life. But it's the same with all of you. God called all of you. And now you have life. God made you all saints. Right? And it wasn't because you were good. It wasn't because of your behavior. You did a certain thing or didn't do a certain thing. God gave you the gift of becoming a saint because he loves you. He has set you apart for himself, right? And again, that's what this baptismal font is all about. Right here, there's some other font. When you were a baby and you were baptized, that was God doing it all for you, right? So you see all these people behind me? These are the saints of God. We also know there are saints of God in heaven who have passed away, right? And all of us, People here, people in heaven, they're all saints because of what God has done for them. Right? So today, you in fact are all saints. Let's pray. Lord, you have made us holy through Jesus Christ, your Son. Help us to worship you, to follow you, to listen to you as your saints. Amen. Thank you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I wonder how many of us have images of Jesus being angry. Right, most of our images of Jesus are like those depicted in our stained glass here at the church. Right, maybe we see Christ as a tender shepherd. He kindly and gently carries lambs back to the fold. Or maybe we see Jesus as the one who is deeply connected to the Father in prayer. We know that he is holy and good and set apart. The Gospels, however, show us an occasional glimpse of Jesus angry. In fact, angry like a lion. A lion who in his goodness uses his holiness and his strength to protect his people. And so I had never really noticed until I began to sit down and study our gospel lesson for this morning. But Jesus is angry in our story. More than angry, he's furious. He's indignant. 
So Mary says to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. And then she weeps. And then the Jews who had been contentious with Jesus throughout the gospel weep with her. And the translation says, Jesus' response was, Jesus was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. The Greek verb in our translation, which our translation uses as greatly disturbed, it unquestionably means angry. It means indignant. In classical Greek, the word is used for a horse snorting as it prepares for battle. It was a fighting word. And then we get the verb deeply moved after that, which means troubled. And we see it again in verse 38. It says again that Jesus is greatly disturbed. He's coming to the tomb of Lazarus, greatly disturbed, but he's coming to the tomb of Lazarus angry. And that gives us a clue as to why Jesus is angry in this story. It's not so much that he's angry at Mary for her questions about his timing. He's not angry at the Jews here. He's not angry at himself. It appears that Jesus is angry as one who knows the final enemy he must defeat is before him, death. In fact, the reformer John Calvin writes, Christ does not come to the tomb as an idle spectator here, but like a wrestler preparing for the contest. Therefore, no wonder that he groans, for the the violent tyranny of death that he had to overcome stands before his eyes. Yes, Jesus is angry in this story. And Jesus is preparing for the war that's coming. And bringing up Lazarus from the tomb is just the initial battle in this war. It's the initial battle of Jesus' defeat of his final enemy, which is death. And so the war was won on the cross, and we know that this is validated on Easter Sunday with the resurrection. And we now await in faith, together, the final destruction of this enemy that Christ has defeated. We await together because Christ has defeated death. So in theology, we have often used two different terms to describe the church. We talk about the church militant, that is, the church, all of us, currently living on earth, who are fighting the good fight for the sake of the gospel. But then we have the church triumphant, which is who we also remember on All Saints Day. And these are the saints who have fought their fight and now rest in the triumph of Jesus over death. And so All Saints Day is connected to Easter. It acknowledges that, in fact, the creator of all the living has won. He has looked his enemy in the face, and he has overcome it. He has looked at that which cast a shadow on the goodness of his creation, and he has said, enough. And so today, of all days, we celebrate the victory of Christ over death. But we also celebrate the saints who held on to this hope and faith and who now live in the presence of Christ. Because it takes great faith to live in this world believing that Jesus has overcome death. As we know, death and illness and sorrow, it casts the shadow on everything. But in light of that shadow, we remember that death is the enemy of God. And God has both promised that our physical death in this world, that is a gate to eternal life, but he's also promising us that death will soon be no more. We sang this morning, For all the saints who from their labors rest, to thee by faith before the world confess, thy name, O Jesus, be forever blessed. Thou was their rock, their fortress, and their might. Thou, Lord, their captain, in a well-fought fight. Thou, in the darkness drear, their one true light. I love those images. The images we know of God as rock, fortress, might. All familiar ways of describing God in the Bible. For example, Psalm 62 says, God alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. But these images point to God's unchanging nature. They help us to confess that God is a bulwark never failing. He's always present in our time of need, always merciful. But more than that, his promises are always sure. On All Saints Day, we remember that God, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, makes us a sure promise, just as he did for the saints of old, the saints throughout all history, who clung to this one promise. As children, we learn the stories 
so familiar to us of Noah and the ark, the deliverance of the Israelites from Egypt, David over Goliath, Daniel's rescue from the lion den, and so on. And these stories are rich in detail and they're memorable and we latch on to them as children. But as we grow up, we see these stories in a bigger picture. We see them as God's love for his people, including us. And we see saints that clung to God's surety and his promises. Right? As their rock, God was the one all of these saints could hold on to. They knew that his word was sure. They knew his promises were good. And so just as he has always been his people's rock, so God is our rock today. We remember the promises of God are steady. They will not change. But today, of all days, we remember the most important promise of God that we hold on to. That we, like Lazarus, will be raised from the dead. We will be brought out of our tombs. Graves will be open, and we will have a new life, a new body. And so we see that God was angry. And God was angry because he hated the suffering and death of his creation. And he declared that he is bringing it to an end. One theologian says that when Jesus stood outside the tomb and shouted, Lazarus, come forth, that it was a roar heard around the world. It was the roar of a lion who had enough. We put our faith in, in Jesus who has had enough. He has had en enough of death. We put our faith in God who is going to do something about the tears of this world. And our faith is not just a belief in the supernatural, but our faith accepts as a current reality what God has promised to us. Our faith lives in trusting in things announced which we don't currently see. And our faith is that Jesus, who has defeated his enemy, will say our name and tell us to come forth from the grave. As Christ has said, Lazarus, come forth. So we have faith that he too will say, Ryan, come forth. Christian, come forth. The saints who now make up the church triumphant teach us that the life of the Christian is about this faith. It's about holding on to promises which we don't yet see, but we will know soon for sure. It's the promise that God is making all things new. It's the promise that he will wipe away all tears. It's the promise that there will no longer be mourning and grief. All of these things are passing away. They're passing away because he has defeated them. He has not tolerated them. Instead, he has promised that we will live in his presence forever. He, the one who loves life, who loves joy, who loves all things good, has promised us that we will be with him for eternity. He is the one who's the source of all our hope and all of our joy. And that's the promise we hold to on this Sunday, that we will feast in the house of the one who took on death himself so that we will have life. Amen.
Together, let us stand and with all the saints of God confess our faith using the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again. In accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Now let us pray to the Lord our God and Father who raised Jesus from the dead. Almighty God, we give thanks for all the saints who have gone before us in our community, especially Barbara, Brian, Madeline, and Rebecca. Through their faithful witness, we continue to set our hope on Christ Jesus. Keep us in fellowship with them through your Son, so that we may join them in praise of you on the day of our resurrection. Lord, in your mercy. Grant that all who have been baptized into Christ's death and resurrection may die to sin and rise to newness of life, and so pass with him through the gate of death and the grave to their joyful resurrection. Lord, in your mercy. Bless all ministers of the gospel and the congregations committed to their care, that the comfort of Christ's sacrifice and the joy of his resurrection may be proclaimed to all who grieve their sin and mourn their dead. Lord, in your mercy. Bless all in authority over us, especially Joseph, our president, Richard Michael, our governor, and all those who work to bring peace and justice, that they may be inclined to your will and walk according to your commandments. Grant wisdom to our citizens and courage and competence to all of our leaders. Lord, in your mercy. Preserve all who travel, all of those in need, the sick and injured, all who mourn, and all of those who have asked for our intercessions, especially Kara, Tony, Chuck, Nancy, Maddox, Tom, Troy, Donald, Donna, Ray, Dwight, John, Deb, Marilyn, Rose, Tony, Carolyn, Carolyn, Jane, Amanda, and those who mourn the loss of Don and Patrick. Give your Holy Spirit to relieve and comfort them and the confidence of saving faith. Lord, in your mercy. Help us, we pray, in the midst of things we cannot understand, to believe and find comfort in the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Lord, in your mercy. Gather us in the blessed sacrament around the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, whom saints and angels adore around your eternal throne. Lord, in your mercy. And keep us in fellowship with all your saints, O Lord, and bring us at last to the joy of your kingdom through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you.
invite you to share signs of God's peace with one another. Let us pray. Holy, gracious, and merciful God, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care. And prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty, and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ. By the witness of the saints, you show us the hope of our calling and strengthen us to run the race set before us that we may delight in your mercy and rejoice with them in glory. And so with all the saints, with the choirs of angels and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending mighty and merciful Lord heaven and earth are full of your glory in great love you sent to us Jesus your son who reached out to heal the sick and suffering who preached good news to the poor and who on the cross opened his arms to all in the night in which he was betrayed our Lord Jesus took bread gave thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples saying take and eat this is my body given for you do this for the remembrance of me Again, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people 
for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his death, resurrection, and ascension, we await his coming in glory. Pour out upon us the spirit of your love, O Lord, and unite the wills of all who share this heavenly food, the body and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against you. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation, I invite you to stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.